I always believe that evil isn't born, it's made. All due respect, Regina, I don't think you know much about evil. Evil doesn't always look evil. Sometimes it's staring right at us and we don't even realize it. Welcome to Storybroke! Miserably ever after! I am frazzled, bothered, and enjoying my new high-speed SSD, Mads! And I haven't stopped moving since 1 p.m., Elaine. <laughs> right. So this week we are talking about Season 1, Episode 16, Heart of Darkness, the one where Mary Margaret goes to jail and stuff. This is a, this this episode has a lot of stuff in it. Yeah, and for how much stuff they have in it, I'm really surprised because I enjoyed it until it felt like they ran out of plot. I, I felt like there was, I... I have complaints about the way this one is written. Like this whole arc is written in a very, it's supposed to be this mystery, like, oh, who really did it? But we all know who did it. And so it's right. not successful and it makes me mad. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll get on, we'll get into that. Um, so that that's where we both are. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that when the episode, when the arc resolves in about two episodes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that's going to be... Uh, an issue. And I think the cracks start to form towards the end of this episode, which this, is disappointing because this episode is, was like Mads loves this episode and I did not have the same reaction. <laughs> I wouldn't say love. I would say okay. I enjoyed. Mads enjoyed the episode. Yeah. And, and I, I was like, I mean, I guess it's okay. And my husband was like, meh. This episode could get a second date, but after that, I probably will be like, well, I just don't think it's, we tried it. We tried, you know, we tried. I tried to see if it was just first first date jitters, but it's not right, for me. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so should we get right into it? Because I think we have a fairly long plot summary this the week. The plot summary is not a basic plot this time. So the plot summary is less of a summary and more of... A synopsis. A synopsis. <laughs> so, as saying that, here's the not-so-basic plot. Once upon a time, the seven dwarfs held an intervention for their grumpiest roommate, Snow White. Since taking the potion to forget her love for Prince Charming, she'd become a pretty hateful bitch. Annoyed by being called out for her bad behavior, she agreed that she had been taking out her rage at the unfairness of her fugitive position on the wrong people and decided to focus her energies towards something actually productive. She'd kill the queen instead. Grumpy convinced her to go back to see the Dark One, hoping he'd have a spell or potion that could return Snow's sweet personality. Snow agreed because she knew the Dark One could help her efficiently kill the Queen. The Dark One agreed because he was invested in her future, and also noted that the only thing that could restore Snow White's good-heartedness was true love, which he had yet to bottle. Meanwhile, Prince Charming allowed Red to rip some of King George's men to shreds while he continued his search for Snow White. His search led him to Rumpelstiltskin's castle, where he discovered he'd need to restore her memories of him with true love's kiss, trademark. And also that he needed to do it before she killed the queen or else she'd become just like the one she killed. In exchange for the information needed to save her, all he wanted was Charming's cloak. Deal. Done. Unfortunately, Prince Charming thought this would be an easier fix than it was. His attempt to ambush and kiss her did not break the spell because she had no idea who he was or what he wanted from her and so could not possibly love him. Instead, she attacked him, tied him to a tree. Prince Charming begged her not to kill the queen, but Snow White refused and went back to her murder quest. 
Jiminy Cricket showed up just in time to chew through his bonds and give him some heartfelt advice about how he can't just hijack the curse with a kiss. He needs to remind her who she is so that she can remember him and love him. So Prince Charming dove in front of a magical kill shot arrow aimed right at the queen in order to save Snow White from a cold hearted fate because he would rather have died than let her heart turn dark. Touched by his selflessness, she warily kissed him and the curse was broken. Timing being what it is here, King George's men arrived just then to kick their asses and kidnap Prince Charming, leaving Snow White behind to vow that she'd always find him. And then she went home to apologize to the dwarfs who all volunteered to help her save Prince Charming. And Rumpelstiltskin was finally able to bottle true love thanks to the hair he took from Snow a few weeks ago and hair of Prince Charming's acquired from his brand new cloak. Whew. You good? Yeah, I'm fine. Your turn. (laughs) Okay. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke. Mary Margaret is booked into the sheriff's department's small jail while a torn Emma tries to convince her to please trust her to do her job so that Regina can find fault in her process, get her fired, and hire someone who will put her away forever. Regina pulls the unbiased third-party game to insert herself into the interrogation to keep Emma from playing favorites and going easy on Mary Margaret. After being informed that Catherine's heart was found at the toll bridge after having been apparently cut out with a hunting knife, Mary Margaret recognizes the heart box as her own jewelry box. While Mary Margaret insists she's being framed, Regina puts on a mask of empathy to make excuses why it would make sense that she'd want to kill Catherine. Emma pulls her aside because, rude? And Regina suggests maybe she should look for signs of a break-in if Mary Margaret is really being framed planting more seeds of doubt. Emma and Henry search the apartment for signs of a break-in, but there are none. Unfortunately, they do find the hunting knife in the heating vent. Downhearted, Henry drowns his sorrows in a hot cocoa at the diner, where August confides that he believes in the stories in the book, and that the book may have answers that will help him guide Emma towards the truth. David seeks comfort in Regina, for some reason, who plants seeds of doubts about Mary's Margaret's innocence in his poor, dumb brain. Emma tells Mary Margaret that she found the possible murder weapon in their apartment, and Mr. Gold shows up to offer his services as a lawyer. Because he's got his assault charge because he got his assault charge thrown out, and he's good with contracts. No payment needed, because he's invested in her future. Mary Margaret accepts. After some story-based research and a dig through his mother's office desk, Henry returns jubilant with a large set of skeleton keys, one of which opens Emma's apartment door. David turns to Archie for hypnosis to see if his walking blackouts contain any information that might exonerate Mary Margaret. Instead, he goes too deeply down the hypnosis hole and sees a memory from their enchanted past in which he begs Snow White not to kill her, and she insists she would. Convinced he just saw Mary Margaret promising to murder Catherine, he runs straight to the jail and confronts Mary Margaret with the memory. Betrayed by the man she stood by when he was the subject, She asks him to leave. Emma asks Mr. Gold to do whatever it takes to save her friend because she's convinced Regina is behind all of this. Gold reminds Emma that she's more powerful than she knows. While making her bed, Mary Margaret finds a skeleton key hidden in the sheets and winds up freeing herself from jail. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot of things. It's a lot of stuff. And it was one of those things where... If we didn't address it in the basic plot, it was going to take up a lot of time in our discussions of each scene. Um, so, so I just left it all, and now, now we get to breathe. 
All right. So uh, let's start with Snow White drifted. Snow White drifted uh, <laughs> in the in the past. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so um, bitchy her bitchy face. So I like how this episode just like opens very in media res, uh, in median res, in media res. I don't, I don't know what you're trying to say. It begins in the middle of shit. Hey. Okay. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I I think that it's very clear that a lot of time has passed since the last episode we saw. Much like a lot of time has passed since we last recorded this show. Ah, hey. uh, heyo. But yeah, now. Red is very clearly comfortable to some degree with her ability to transform and slaughter people. And I mean, uh, she and David have been running from King George's men and they're taking a break. So my guess is it's possible since it's still a full moon, it might also possibly just be a couple days. Whatever the case, she is way more comfortable. It could be a month. Yeah, it could. It could have been a month that they've been on the run. And uh, because Snow has had time to... um, to make a menace of herself. So yeah, it, this could be a month later. I would say up to a month. The writing and acting in the scene is is good and it's strong and we get a lot of information without exposition, I which like is we've become so comfortable with murder. Oh yeah, we're very comfortable with murder if Red does it. Yes. But if yes. Snow does it later in this episode, she's a monster. Oh, no, it's okay. These faceless mooks are bad guys. Yeah, mooks can die, but the bad guy that commands the mooks, we can't kill her. Nope, not at all. That'll turn your heart. Also, she's got top billing, so, I mean, you can't really kill her. Yeah, I mean, it worked uh, out in all of our favors that she didn't kill her. Honestly, the only issue I have with this scene is the color grading. Uh, (laughs) As always. As always. It's a daytime shot. Uh, when it's overcast and they're making it look like nighttime. Yeah. I watch a lot of horror movies. A lot of horror movies do this to mixed effect. And this episode, I felt like it was not really well executed. It's a little too dark and muddy. Yeah. Um, and very difficult to tell what's going on in this scene. So, yes. boo. But you tried. Yeah. You made an effort. It. You made an effort. So. I get it. I, lo- I love Red's just willingness to like rip her cloak off and go full murder murder. Yeah, good for her. I mean, yeah. I mean, as long as she doesn't accidentally go after Prince Charming in the end, that's great. It's good for her. Because, you know, in the past, her judgment has been impaired in wolf form. She did kill the love of her life. It's um, it's that meme that's going around right now of like, but she killed people. And she looked hot doing it. What up? I missed that meme. Oh, wow. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so, I am not I'm not up with the the what the children are memeing right now. It's on uh it's very popular on Final Fantasy 14 Twitter because uh, a lot of people like villains. Yeah, well, that's a lot of games actually. <laughs> but yeah. Uh so we have a lot to get through this episode, so I'm Oh, ready. yeah, no. No, I'm I'm I I like I liked the first opening shot. I do like the dichotomy of Mary Margaret saying, this is crazy. I would never hurt anyone flashing back to Snow White in like typical princess cleaning, princess humming, cleaning. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bird and she she calls a little bird and she puts the little bird down and then she tries to murder this little bird. I for being loved a nuisance. It. I loved that scene that like the cut from that to this was just so good. I and, and I unexpected. Funny, her hair is in little ringlets. It looks so good. Yes. Her outfit is cute. I love this textured tunic. And now this is where I'm a little bit weird. I would not have gone with a red hair ribbon. 
Oh, that was that was a callback to the cartoon. I, I feel like, yeah, I was going to say it's probably it's a callback to the cartoon. Straight up callback to the cartoon. She has a little red headband. Because the music is is a callback, but it's just like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like she should have gone with like a blue or a green or even like an orange, but like the red doesn't work with the rest of the outfit for me. And it's a little yeah. weird. I get it. I get it. I disagree, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a direct callback to the um, original motion picture by Disney. Because ah. that was, the, I'm pretty sure Snow White was the first full length Disney film. Fair. I mean, we also have a callback with the CGI Blue Bird. Yeah. And the, the, from, the yeah, song, from, which is from the original film. So, yes. Well, the Blue Bird, remember, the Blue Bird is also from Mary Margaret's very first scene in the school. And as a timeless cryptid that existed before your kind had language and was crawling mm-hmm. out of the trees, um, I really enjoyed that movie because it was one of the first movies that you people did in color. So that was cool. There you go. Yeah, yeah it was welcome. very lovely. I wasn't born then, but you're welcome. <laughs> I wasn't so much born as hatched, manifested, uh, manifested from the darkness in your hearts. Well, I was gonna say if you were hatched, you were a dwarf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. So I How love that we just go with this. <laughs> yes. I I enjoyed the um, Seven Dwarfs intervention with uh with Jiminy Cricket as the intervention moderator. Right. We made something extra special for you. It's an intervention. And I'm yeah. like, oh. I wrote God. that down too. <laughs> I wrote that exact thing thing down. Um I'm like, what is it, Tuesday? Speaking of, thank you for this birthday gift of a delicious bullet bourbon. Delicious. Oh delicious bullet bourbon you're welcome happy birth month i'm enjoying it with some uh with some lemonade some like good lemonade i'm drinking a little bit of seltzer so it's not overly sweet very very good let's see if i can get some good you got some good that's me i i like how one of the dwarfs just completely goes off at her about how rude she's been and how she's making his life miserable and someone screams look what you're doing to happy <laughs> the scene is so good. I love the intervention scene. The intervention scene might be my favorite scene in in this whole show. I feel like, like it's the strongest of this episode at the very least. I f- I think that they might have started with this scene and then written the rest. <laughs> it's good. The comedy is good. The timing is good. Yes. The chemistry is fun. Um I like the overall message of it, which is that your feelings are valid. But stop bullying us. Yes. It's it's okay that you are mad about your position in life when it is supposed to be vastly different. But you are you are taking it out on the wrong people. These people love you and support you and you're being awful. Yep. And she's like, You're right. You're right. I am I am raging in the wrong direction. I'll rage in the right direction with murder. Mood. That's yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, I also, so I really love, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I like how she like just straight up stole one of their pickaxes. Yeah, she just this. like, she needs a weapon and um, she she got a weapon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, between the scenes, uh, between this scene and the next, her mm-hmm. hair grows, uh, I would say about six inches and is uh, straight now. Well, that's what happened. Her curls were too fresh because it was in the morning and throughout the intervention, uh, the curls fell. Yes. This is a common problem. You go outside and all your all your hard work falls. She went outside and the curls fell out completely. That's that didn't bother me at all because those curls were too tight. They were freshly taken out. Those curls were too tight. But 
in one scene it is jet black hair it's very shiny it looks they're they're too tight they need to kind of like relax a little bit mm-hmm. but it's like a, like like a shoulder length curly bob and i'm like oh i like this that's how much her hair curled up and then the next scene it's like past like past her chest and that's, pinned straight and i'm like damn that, what is the humidity like <laughs> that's how my hair do what kind of <laughs> what kind of louisiana ass humidity You're let's right. just see <laughs> they well they are next to several bodies of water because it's enchanted yeah we joke about it but like literally the humidity right now is and oh. elaine prepare yourself 69 percent whoa nice <laughs> that's low for us yes that's very low for us it was higher yesterday uh, <laughs> it was much higher yesterday. I had to go to like an outdoor shower and uh, I was very glad that I couldn't find my curling iron because it would have been pointless once I stepped out. We walk outside and it's like, I'm in soup. Yeah, that's why we look so young. Yeah, keeps our skin <laughs> fresh. Um, but yeah, damn with the pickaxe girl when she like confronts this man. Ooh, she threatens this man. Okay, so she she takes out a, a, a knight to get information on the queen and she threatens... His body, his limbs with like, uh, this pickaxe, this is from the dwarves, you know, the dwarves who uh, mine diamonds. And there's nothing in the world strong enough to cut a diamond except this pickaxe. What do you think it's going to do to your soft, pliable flesh? And it's like terrifying. I gotta say, he is terrified. <laughs> I feel like he should be showing us more pain because she just straight up miseried his leg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She did. She like she hit him with the dull side, and she knocked him out with the dull side too. This man should. This man has major injuries, and he's walking around later. Yeah. Like again, she straight up like. She I, I don't know a better way to phrase it. She miseried him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel but like Jennifer Goodwin him. is having way too much fun in yeah. this scene in this whole storyline. She's like, she- oh, I get to be a bad girl. Yeah. <laughs> She must not be as strong as um, she should be to actually break his leg. Uh, because when we see him, she steals his clothes. And when we see him later, he's walking around just fine. He's limping a little, but not like broken leg limping. Oh, yeah. So Grumpy comes in and intervenes before she uh, murders him. Yeah. And he speeches about hope and change and not killing people. And how he's going to go with her so she doesn't have to go alone. As, as someone that plays a lot of DN slash or D, uh, this is the part where both Elaine and my characters always tune out. <laughs> That's not true. Usually I have to make this big speech. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm usually not listening to whoever's talking. Yeah, I'm because I'm having to make it to you. Oh, right. Right. I'm like, hey, can we not murder this dude yet until we figure out if he actually did it? Also, like, that makes us the bad guys. I was so, like, okay. I'll be the bad guy. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a good person. I'm I, always the <laughs> healer and or uh, fighter with a heart of gold. So it's weird because I play, you know, a healer as well. But I'm also like, well, there's no point in keeping this one alive. You're a chaotic healer. I'm. I'm a mess. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so I. I love the very next scene where ABC almost showed us a butt. Oh yeah. ABC almost showed us this man's butt. Um, And this farm boy is really sensitive about maybe seeing a penis. Well, he didn't, you know, he didn't grow up with other people. He he grew up secluded on a farm. And so all this propriety. I feel like if you live in the olden timey days when nudity was not as much of a thing. Look, 
This isn't Game of Thrones. They don't just throw penises around. <laughs> Literally. Oh! I was legit, like, a little bit like, <laughs> you were really weird about maybe seeing a penis. Like, yeah. what is up with that? Well, the guy's, like, totally beneath him. So you can see, like, penises that are equal to your stature, but it's beneath you to see penis, you know, from, from knights and servants. Oh, yeah. You can't see you can't see a common dick. It's a status thing. <laughs> Look, I, so, I'm so, not. Wait, no, wait, wait, no. Maybe I have that wrong. Maybe if if he were like a real prince, like if he were his old, his twin brother, he wouldn't have had any trouble with this because that's not a that's not a stat stature penis, you know, status penis. But because he was raised on a farm, this penis may be equal or above his perceived raised status. So he had to look away. You know, it's one of those two. I'm doing a really good job. You're welcome. I, I said not penis. going down the rabbit hole on this I, too much further. I've said penis a lot this episode and it's a little <laughs> alarming. It is. I don't know. It just, it really weirded me out how uncomfortable he was about like seeing a naked human. Um, I was, it was funny to me. It was funny to me. He's like, put your hands up. Oh, nope, never, never mind. Don't. I, that's that was funny like the comedy in this episode was good the comedy in this episode was better than the actual drama of this episode oh god yeah the comedy of this episode is so much stronger and i mean it was funny i was yeah. just like why is he such a wilting flower about this <laughs> like it's just a body yeah he's because he's a good dude he's a good dude and he this guy's this guy's obviously been been embarrassed enough in one day He'll give him his he'll give him his privacy about his bits in the is wasn't it snowing? He'll give him his privacy about his bits in the cold. I was in the pool. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> uh but oh so so we're at Rumpelstiltskin's castle with Grumpy and Snow White. Right? I do like that before you had to go to like a secluded dock to find Rumpelstiltskin and it was like a whole thing and now we have a Rumpelstiltskin set or three so let's just go to the castle let's just go (laughs) we're just there I love it we're just there oh it's daytime hours it's not nighttime hours so (laughs) the first time you have to like seek him out the second time he gives you his card uh and then they go and Grumpy's like trying he's trying his best he's like let's break this curse yeah and he's like nah can't don't have that one only true love can break a curse like this, and he has a I don't little, have true love. He has a little space on his potion shelf for where true love will eventually go, and it's empty. And he's very sad about it. Very and symbolic then, of his character. Much reference. Yeah, they make sure they make sure to show you that he's ready for it. Um, and Snow White's like, I don't actually want to do that. And Rumpelstiltskin's like, I know. And he's got this plan on how she's going to kill the queen. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's invested in her future. So he doesn't need payment or a trade this time. Let's just say I'm invested in your future. It, does he say it first here? Yes. Or in the present? He okay. says it first here. Okay. It's, it comes way earlier here. Uh, both of the things that get repeated in this episode happen happen in the past before they get repeated in the present time okay yeah, yeah. Now, there are two there are two there are two big tie-ins and this one that's one of them i'm invested in your future i did lo- i appreciated that i love a tie-in so i love my, a tie back maybe this is me overthinking but i'm supposing that this bow is why she is a very good shot later on it's possible 
Because it's an enchanted bow that never misses its target. I thought that the arrow was also enchanted and the two together. Like, I thought the arrow was specifically the, oh, and this one will not miss its mark. Um, Which, it only missed its mark later because it ended up in someone else's shoulder. It's not super clear. I don't know. But she she does keep the bow. When I originally watched this episode and my second time through watching this episode, I well, thought it was the arrow because the arrow is like. I think it's the arrow because she was doing archery. Wasn't she doing archery before she met Prince Charming? Oh, right. Yes. So she's already an archer. And he's also a very good archer. Yeah. She's already she's already trained in this, probably did some recreational archery um, back at the castle with, with Daddykins. And um, the reason that Charming is a good archer is because he had to hunt. Yeah. Um, because in District 12, there's not a lot of food. Yeah. So he would routinely sneak out around the peacekeepers. Um, Wait, that's not the show. Oh, right. Sorry. I mean, same idea, right? It's basically. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> basically the same show. Not, not at all. Not remotely. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, yeah. Never mind. That's something else entirely. I was going to say, I I don't remember yet if the show does a, which attractive boy do I choose? But. Oh, it does later. Much later or like. Much later. Much Much later. later. Okay. And not with this character. Okay. Yeah. No, not never with her. Never with her. No, her true love is set. It's going to be with Emma, right? It's with Emma. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) Um, And it makes me mad. It makes me mad that it even had to come up. Just saying, I'm just going to put that out here for, for several seasons in the future. That whole situation makes me mad. It shouldn't have happened. They should have just written one of them out. So So I need a, (laughs) I need a comedic revolving door Mm -hmm. in this episode Mm -hmm. so that snow can exit through the revolving door and as she goes through the door, Prince Charming walks in the door. That's basically like they're so close on each other's trail because he it's, is a good tracker. I mean, because it's, he has it's, to sneak out because there's not a lot of food in the district. So he has to track his kill. <laughs> uh, I love a tie back. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I with the next see we have is Charming in Rumpelstiltskin's castle. Mm-hmm. And OK, I love that. um Rumpelstiltskin has a classic table with thing as seen mm-hmm. on McMansion Hell in his foyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if yeah. anyone else is a fan of that. I do love that. Whoop, whoop. I love McMansion Hell. Table with thing is something that cracks me up every time. It's so good. Uh, what else are you going to do with that foyer? It's just a bunch of wasted space otherwise. Right. We don't host uh, balls. <laughs> In uh, in our house in in uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, I have a table with thing to fill space because I'm like I don't know what's going on here. It's what it does. It's just there to fill space. I do like that he immediately gives up what his plans are, what the plans he just gave Snow White on how she's going to magically murderate um, the queen. He just mm-hmm. immediately gives it up, uh, and he's like, "Well, you never do anything without a price." He's like, "I'll take your cloak." Why do you like it? It's drafty and. I love the delivery of that line <laughs> so much. Again, Rumpelstiltskin is a monster. And uh-huh. I think in many ways, his character is not redeemable. And when we get more into the story with him and Bal, Bale, <laughs> Bell. Which one? Because there are two. There are two uh, that have the same name. Calls him Ball. Uh, when we get into the storylines with the two balls, <laughs> I'm going to be so hard on him because it's frustrating. 
yeah. for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But his delivery of, of lines, Robert Carlyle is a delight. Robert Carlyle is a delight. Look, I, I love that. It's drafty in the, here. It's in here. His <laughs> delivery is so good. I like him so much. Uh, the com- Again, the comedy in this episode is not what made me grumpy with the episode. The no. comedy in this, I laughed out loud several times, both times I watched it. And at oh. this point in the episode, I'm still really enjoying it. Yeah. I, I really feel like for me, it was it was a lot condensed, but I enjoy the episode until like the last 10 minutes when it just starts to run in, sort of starts to run in circles. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because they got all of the past storyline out of the way. And then they're like, oh, I guess we have to do a bunch of exposition in the present. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to catch up in my notes to where we are. Uh, yeah. So he, he gets a map and, and Rumpelstiltskin warns her that he's running out of time because if Snow White manages to kill the queen, she'll become just as evil as the woman whose life she's taking. Mm-hmm. So if Snow White goes down that road, you'll never get her back. And, um. uh. So, so Prince Charming's like, cool, I just have to kiss her, right? That's easy. So he ambushes her in the forest. Wait, wait, wait. We have wait. another We have another line Ooh. that we missed from the last I scene. I must not have written that down. Uh, which is where Rumple tells, Rumple Stilts can tell, but because uh, Charming says she would never do that. She's not evil. And Rumple Stilts can tell oh, him that evil was the isn't night. born, oh. it's made. Oh, did he say that too? Oh, mm-hmm. dang, I didn't write that down. Trend alert! Yeah, evil isn't born is made, and there's also there's also a moment with the the naked knight mm-hmm. where he's like, she would never do that. He's like, maybe you don't know her as well as as you think you do. Mm-hmm. So that seed of doubt gets planted, but Prince Charming doesn't fall for it. He mm-hmm. knows Snow White. He knows there's goodness in her. He doesn't have room for doubt about her, which is why when he ambushes her and kisses her, he's so taken off guard by how she reacts to being ambushed, grabbed, and kissed by a total stranger. Yeah. Because she can't be cured by true love's kiss if she has no recollection of him whatsoever. Yes. And I like that it didn't just like magically do magically do it. Yeah. Magically do it. Magically. Magically fix it. Yeah. Um question. She hit him. What's up? So why is the queen traveling to the summer palace in the dead of winter? And well, uh maybe it's one of those places where it's a very long trip and it's warm. It's like Florida. Mm-hmm. So it's it's colder, and so you go south for the winter, and that's why it's called the Summer Palace. What I want to know, I have a similar question, is why she has a carriage, but she has chosen this moment in the snow to ride her horse outside of the carriage on her long trip to the Summer Castle that sometimes, was built for Snow White's mother. Sometimes a girl just needs to take a long ride on a horse. Also... Why are all these peasants in the woods waving at her? Shouldn't it be a village? Or at least near a village? Near a village would be great. Near a village would make sense. That is probably outside the budget of this show, where we have <sighs> one wooded path that we shoot all of our outdoor wooden scenes on, and we can just reuse that. She wanted to be seen by the people. And so all of her knights rounded up all the the villagers rode ahead, rounded up all the villagers, walked him out to the forest. And I was like, cool, she'll be here. You wave. Yeah. I, yeah, village scenes. They couldn't find a Ren fair somewhere to take him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is a little weird. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a weird, there were too many questions about that scene. It was like, she's in a carriage, it's cold. She's in a carriage, she's outside the carriage for yeah. no clear reason. It's 
traveling to the summer palace in the winter i i'm not letting that go yeah no um, that makes sense like i said I, I assume it's like florida where it's called the summer palace because it's in a place that's warmer in general none of these people notice the archer right fucking there she's Sorry. like not even hidden well she's not hidden um <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so many it's it's a lot of it's a lot of things I have to suspend my disbelief for. It's, it's the drama. It's not as well written this episode. It's really not. Huh. So so she punches him and she ties him to a tree so he can't get in her way again. Mm-hmm. And this is this is where we get the other thing that's going to be repeated later, which is him yelling, you can't do this. You can't kill her. And she's like, really? Watch me. And he's trying to like talk to her. This isn't you. And she's like, I don't even know who you are. Charming's a stupid name. <laughs> when he has the flashback to this, it's nighttime. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it but was just a whole lot of um, scene is daytime. I thought it was a whole lot of uh, what's that blur effect I like so much on Instagram where it just darkens the edges. Oh, uh, vignette. Oh. It's a vignette. Oh, okay. It's vignette, so it's dark around the edges. Also, she's her hair is very long, and she is obviously dressed in a, a cloak. And, and they're in a forest. She looks nothing. Her face is Mary Margaret, but she looks nothing like Mary Margaret otherwise. So I guess I understand why it's confusing for him. I get that he's dumb, but I get it. He is so he's so dumb. So dumb. Oh, wrote, when we get to that half, we're going to talk about how dumb, dumb he David is. is. His own topic today in today's rundown. Uh, you know um, who he is. You know who he is. Hmm. He's Riley. Oh, I hate Riley. He is Riley without Riley's, the misogyny. Riley started out smart and interesting, and then they made him a love, like an actual, like attainable love interest, and he just got awful. He was so much more likable before he was a love interest. He's fine in season four. Well, he was. He was a. He was a love interest. Sorry, we had to cut some spoilers out. Uh, we were talking. Yeah, we, that's, we, that's some more change for the Buffy jar. But yeah, we'll just say that uh, Buffy, Buffy love interest from season four, who I really, I, I remember rewatching it for the 90th time with you and being mm-hmm. like, I don't why, I don't know why I hate this guy. He's fine. And, and, and then the season turns around and it's like, oh, oh, right. This right. is why. This is why. He's awful. Uh, <laughs> no one's, no one's better than Angel. Yeah, you heard me. You heard me, fandom. No one's better for her than Angel. You heard me. Sorry. My <laughs> skip ahead 20 seconds if you don't want to hear it, but my Buffy verse OTP is Angel and Cordelia. I haven't gotten there yet. So Yeah. No got there yet. Uh all right. So I mean you're wrong, but that's okay. You're allowed to have your opinion. When you finish Angel, <laughs> you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, when I finish Angel, it'll make more sense. I understand. Yeah. I understand why why stuff can never be, but you know she's probably my favorite character. <laughs> so, so anywho, getting back to this one, so it's Jimmy, because it's because I'm sick of the story at this point. Jimmy, yeah, this is where you started to get frustrated. I get it. Jimmy yeah. Cricket shows up um, to to chew through some rope. Uh, Jimmy Cricket shows up just in the nick of time in the woods to give some therapy, which was much needed. Mm-hmm. It's 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 one of those things. It's like stop talking about yourself. Talk about her. What are her interests? That, but remind her who she is, so that she can remember that she loves you. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. Prince Charming. I love this. Prince Charming interprets this as let me jump in front of this magical kill arrow, because I I, I do like this part. I would rather die than see your heart turn dark. And Snow White's like, 
no one's ever done that for me before. To which he says that you can remember. Point. Good point. Good point. And and so she, I, I thought this was a weird change. She's so touched by this that she warily decides, okay, let me kiss this dude who I just met. Well, just, he's, just to he see. Does he does have one redeeming quality. He's got an arrow in his shoulder. He's hot. He's very hot. He's cute. Like, they are each other's cute. type. He's, he's cute. very conventionally attractive. He's not I like him. my personal type, but I, I recognize that he is attractive. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so if he had a beard and a shaved head, so she kisses him, and this is this is like they have like the most natural coupley kiss after this. Like whenever she kisses him, and she does get her memories back, and she remembers who he is, they do just the cute pecking thing that happy couples do. That I love. I mean, I mean, I I do it a lot with my husband, so maybe not everyone does that. We're, oh yeah, we do that. We're super gross. The happy pecking thing where you just peck each other because mm-hmm. you're just so happy to see each other, and. uh uh, that's that's a very gross couple thing to do, and I for one am all about it. Uh, Eleven years and counting. There you go. Oh, we're gonna be. Uh, it'll be four years in June, and then one year married in August. And then a baby. I know the baby comes before the one year anniversary, <laughs> just barely, just a y'all couple are, weeks. Y'all are on my parents' timeline because Oops. I was uh, seven months after the. Wait a second. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm, not, we are. Not I know for a fact. Line. I know for a fact that y'all waited until after the wedding. I can do the math. We got married first. <laughs> y'all got married first. We had a couple months off and then, then, oh, happy Halloween. Um, that's why I found out I was pregnant. I found out I was pregnant on Halloween. Oh, yeah. oh this is going to be my favorite baby. <laughs> I'm going to love your spooky baby. Yeah. I'm going to be so disappointed if your kid grows up to be like a total normie. We're so scared. We're like, it's funny because we're these huge nerds. We're these big, huge nerds, and we we will accept this child no matter what they want to do, even if that thing is sports. Sports are fine. Sports, sports are, are sports, sports are, are fine. fine. But what if we get like an athlete kid who's just like, ugh, mom, your improv is lame. Please come play baseball with me. I'm like, I can't throw. I can throw this air ball. Look, I made a space object. Catch. Isn't that like, I think that's what every weird parent's fear is, is like, what if my child... Is an improviser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we've been we have been talking. We've gone on so many tangents we're about this there. one. We're almost there. Look, four we, we minutes just, of, of of episode. We've got we've got one more. We've got two more things from the past, and then we can move on to the boring crime plot. Okay, we got two more things from the <sighs> past. So just as they're doing their cute pecky thing, guess who shows up? King George's men, the ones who didn't get murderated. Um, well, one of them has a big old mark well, on his okay. face. He almost got murderated, but he got away. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Um, and they show up, kick both their asses, and kidnap, kidnap Prince Charming. One of them goes to kill Snow White, and they're like, nah, leave her. She's good. She can't be any trouble, right? Right. And she says, she says the thing that David always says to her is, I'll find you. I'll always find you, which is very sweet. Uh, that's their thing. That is their that is their relationship motto. I will always find you. And I do love that she repeated it here uh, organically. Yeah. I like it. I appreciated it. By but this it, point, I'm getting kind of tired of the back and forth. Well, there, there, there's also been a lot of present day plot that exhausts this whole episode. Yes. <laughs> because spoilers for later in this episode, but they break up again. Yeah, it's okay. like, but on the every side, two episodes, like they they break up so they break up 
so many times. I just, I can't even come up with a clever thing to say about how much they break up. But on the bright side, um, thanks to a hair he found on the cloak and the hair he took from Snow White, Rumpelstiltskin finally gets his bottle of true love. Good for him. Yeah. Not really, but you know. <laughs> and then we, uh, and then we are done with this story, this part of the story. You want to hear a Disneyland park food that they make in California? Yeah. It is. A panko crusted dill pickle, the corn dog, dill pickle corn dog, served with a side of peanut butter. So the pickle <laughs> has been hollowed out, and a hot dog is inserted inside the pickle, and then the pickle with the hot dog in it is then battered and, and panko coated, deep fried, and that's served with a side of peanut butter. I would eat that. I would eat that. I would eat that. Um. So, listeners, dear listeners. Uh, if you if you ever watch something with Elaine in person, be prepared for her to figure <laughs> out the ending. <laughs> Five minutes in, yes, she will she will figure it out and then go because I know story structure. <laughs> and so we and were he, like, "Here's the fun part: I never think I'm right. I always just think I'm taking a wild stab at it." I did enjoy when we were watching uh, with friend of the show, Lauren Aversay, um, a a movie this past weekend for my birthday. And she was like guessing where it was going. And I was like, you're so wrong. I was like so happy. (laughs) Was it me? Was I guessing things wrong? No, Lauren was. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was like, nope, that's not where it's going. I've watched it before. I was so proud. I was guessing it right, but I wasn't being as loud about it as I do. <laughs> yes. But Elaine always guesses. She's like, I know a story structure. And that's why I want you to finish Twin Peaks season two uh-huh. and then watch The Return because uh. it is incomprehensible. Good. I think well, it's the, it, the part where I stopped in Twin Peaks was getting incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I, I want to say it's like anti-peak TV. You know how like so much of peak television is based around like what's going to happen next week and what's going to be like where like fan theories and the show is it feels like it's designed to circumvent any fan theory and make any theorizing physically impossible. Like episode seven literally just is a full black and white back in time thing where you watch a nuclear explosion for 20 minutes. Oh, cool. It's weird. It's art. I think it's art. It's probably art. That's what it is. I can't predict art as well because mm-hmm. art is a uh, subject. Yes. This is going to be a long one, dear listeners, but we also we love each other. F that. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus uh, since we did make our patron, our patrons, our, our, our listeners wait a full week. You get a little extra Madeline <clears throat> time, Madeline time. Cause you didn't post the video I made. Oh, snap. I thought you had it scheduled. No, I sent it to you to do it. <laughs> oh, snap. Did it go up? Did you post no, it? No. So, Back to it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what I said at the beginning of the episode. Uh, the reason that this Storybrooke plotline is such a slog is because they're trying to write it as if it is a legitimate murder mystery. Yes. Which would be real cool and would work if we didn't already know that Regina is behind all of it. Right. Like we are we and, very explicitly know that Regina is behind all of this. And so it's what while we, it's a legitimate murder mystery for the characters, it's not as interesting for us to watch their process because their process is stupid. Yes. Um that is a fair and reasonable criticism of this episode. 
and of this entire story arc. Yeah. Um, and of this entire season. <laughs> uh, it was Regina all along. <laughs> yes. I, I will say. Yeah. To get into it. Yeah. The first shot of the Storybrooke side, the transition from Snow White's wanted poster to Mary Margaret getting her mugshot taken was clever and well executed. May may I may I call myself out on a dumb thing I wrote in my notes? Sure. I forgot the word for mugshot. The baby has been eating some words. So I didn't <laughs> write I didn't write mugshot. I wrote headshot. Uh you should post pictures of your baby to our official our official page because oh. I freaked out when I saw the oh. uh the 4D ultrasound pictures? Yeah, I couldn't cope with that. Because <laughs> but- I had just gone through my baby book for my, my uh, the closest thing I could find to a birth certificate for me. My The circumstances of my birth are complicated. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and getting a good birth certificate is a, is a chore. And so yeah. I saw, but I did see my ultrasounds mm-hmm. from six months. Yeah. And it's a blurry... Well, blurry picture. So, so I'm at I'm in my seventh month now, mm-hmm. and um, the 3D 4D ultrasound is like a bo- a boutique ultrasound. It's an extra that you pay extra for. And before I got pregnant, I was like, I don't know if I'll ever do that. But then I got pregnant, I was like, Oh, I'm totally paying that. I'm paying for that. It's not expensive. I'm paying for that. I want to see whose nose this baby has. And we have the last ultrasound we were trying we were trying to figure it out we were like okay we don't know the nose but that's my chin and in this ultrasound it is it is confirmed this baby has luther's nose <laughs> god <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane you see like a full like there's a, there's a full person in there there's a full person like you see this like really detailed image of like your fetus and i'm like the picture for it's me not a fetus anymore <laughs> It's, yeah, barely recognizable as a human in mine. Yeah. Uh, this is no longer a fetus. This this would if if this baby came today, this is viable. This is not a fetus. This is- fair. It's now a viable infant. That is true. Seven months. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> June, July. Uh, but yeah, the, the, we're just all I know. We don't know the gender, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Because that's all a construct anyway. Hey, but look, I'm 33 know, and we still don't know the gender. But we, <laughs> what we do know is that we made a cute baby. I cannot wait to give your kid all the Goosebumps books. Yay! I'm going to indoctrinate your child into Animorphs. Okay, I need to read it too. Oh my goodness, yes. Well, this, this like I said, it's going to be my luck we have an athlete. And I'm like, but but can you read these Pern books first? Oh, yes! I'm going to be so like met on your actual human child until they're like old enough to read and then I'll be like okay <laughs> that's not true now that's not true now you know like Moogie Mads is here and I am ready to share books with you did you say Moogie I don't know that just came out I saw I that like from Catherine because that. like that's that. what Catherine called her mom yeah well her dad who transitioned yeah I like that. It was it's a whole a, process. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre name for a not Catherine person. from this show. No, not Catherine from the show. Friend of our ours. friend, a friend of ours, Catherine. <laughs> yeah. uh, missed the hell out of her. Anywho, hey, hey, so many tangents. Look, it's because this is the boring part of the show. Not, not our show, their show. Uh, I love right. that we have really detailed notes this episode, and we have more tangents. 
Yes. Well, I took them on my phone, so it's harder to follow. Uh, I've been looking I... at myself writing, we're full in lo- we're full law and order this episode. <laughs> I didn't get I, I didn't get a uh, uh, carpal tunnel this episode, so that's nice. Um, so so Emma is in a hard place. She is having to arrest her roommate and remain impartial about it. Yeah. Um, even though all the evidence is like, <laughs> although I would like to re- remind Emma that the night Catherine went missing, Mary Margaret was crying on her bed while she was laying in the bed next to her. Yeah, if only if only your your chief suspect had a fucking alibi. I wonder if it doesn't count as an alibi because it's her and it looks like favoritism. Even though she knew for a fact, uh, even, though, <laughs> even though she knew for a fact where she was that night. And so she should have jumped to you're being framed much faster. I was I'm so mad. I'm just like, okay, yeah. I, I I wrote it in the notes multiple times during this whole exchange. I enjoy Mary Margaret's delivery of, yes, it's my jewelry box? Yeah. My yeah, jewelry whenever box. She's being, was... Whenever she's being interrogated in front of Regina, because Regina's impartial. Yeah, uh, Regina's there as a good cop, which oh was God. a look. Like it, it didn't even make sense remotely. Yeah, like no one here is taking this seriously. Everyone there is like, mm. because even though Emma and Mary Margaret don't believe necessarily in Henry's theory, mm-hmm. they very much are upfront about the fact that they know that Regina does not like Mary Margaret for I'm, whatever reason. I'm going to say off the top of my head, you know who would have been a better impartial judge of character in this? Hmm. Dr. Hopper. Dr. Hopper, yeah, but we only had him for one scene that was probably filmed two months ago. He's in this town. He would make more sense as an impartial impartial witness to this interrogation than Regina. Emma desperately needs a deputy. Uh, Like... She can't even, yeah, she can't even respond to uh, emergency calls on the same day they're they're made. (sighs) The response in this town is crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh, God, their insurance must be insane. Oh, man. It's a good thing they're a small town with no actual crime, right? Right. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I literally shouted at my screen mm-hmm. when Regina dropped the line, you're her roommate. You tell me where she was at the time of the murder. Yes! Oh, yeah, we're, we're just going to pretend that doesn't happen. That That is what makes me so angry because yes. we literally have a scene where she was at the time of the murder. Yes, yes. And it's not even that, that long ago. It's like two episodes ago, three, maybe, max. It is not long ago. This wouldn't have happened if they would watch their own show. Watch your own show. And once again... I'm not going to look it up, but I feel 90% certain certain this is the same writer as who wrote that episode. Because when I did that whole write-up, I went through, (laughs) looked forward, and was like, man, they really don't watch their own damn show. Watch your own show. Because, uh, like, I, look, I understand if they, they taped all of these, then maybe one of those things where they didn't edit it until the whole thing was taped. Mm-hmm. In that case... Get the outline from the editors. 
just so exhausted by this show. The continuity, the continuity is gone. There's none. There's no continuity whatsoever from episode to episode. Things that are supposed to happen in the same day between the same characters are completely dropped the next episode. And it makes me so mad. And that's the other reason why this this whole crime investigation plot doesn't work. Because we, the viewers, are not this dumb. And it's insulting. Yes. It's it's a it's it's a problem on television when your audience knows who the killer is, but your cast doesn't. Like it, 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 I won't even say that because a lot of criminal minds is the, oh my gosh, how are they going to ki- catch this guy before he kills again? Like there are stakes. There are the, stakes and there's then there's stakes. a- There are the stakes of, we know who did it and we know he's going to do it again and it's going to be worse. And that makes it interesting to see how they figure out who it is. We don't have those stakes here. No. And that is that is a major issue. That is a failure of writing. That is, you know, that is a, I am not, I'm not a published author, but that is my genre of choice um, that I work on. I write mysteries. And if your audience knows who the killer is before your cast reveals it or realizes it, and there's no stakes and there's no process that's entertaining enough to watch, you're failing as a writer. There need to be stakes. And the only stakes there are here Is that Mary Margaret's going to go to jail. Right. Oh, she's like, in jail? She's already in jail. You know, like uh, we could talk about Hannibal. It's a great TV show. Um, it's also got a lot of tropes that are fun to make fun of. We know who the killer is. Yeah. See, episode one. But we will still watch three seasons of it because of the stakes. Because of yes. the, the, the tension that is built. Because of watching the process of finding out who he is and him not being able to slip through the cracks is fascinating. It's a good show. This is not Hannibal. The tension here (laughs) is supposed to be, the tension here is between Mary Margaret and everyone who's supposed to believe in her. Right. I get that. It's, it's boring. Um, Then there's the tension of, Oh, Regina. Regina is so convinced that she did such a good job. She's like, well, why don't you go look for signs of a break-in that you'll never find her. <laughs> and then Henry, no. like, well, well I'm just going to skip ahead. Uh, after, after August is like, I believe in the book. Look in the book for the answers. Henry goes and finds those skeleton keys that Emma found when she broke into the, the mayor's office, did an actual crime. Um, those skeleton keys she found in the desk, Henry comes back with those, and lo and behold, one opens her apartment door after they've already found the hunting knife and no signs of a break-in because there was no break-in because someone had a key. If I'm supposed to believe that Emma is as smart as she is supposed to be Mm -hmm. and as clever as she is supposed to be powerful when she doesn't find signs of a Mm break-in and instead it's what have you gotten that floor of it? A knife. No. Oh, it's wrapped in flowers. It must be Mary Margaret. It's wrapped in a floral piece of fabric. It must be Mary Margaret. I mean, I'm I'm sold. I'm convinced. But, That's enough proof for me. I mean, <sighs> I feel like Emma should have been the one to put those parts together. Mm-hmm. However, I will accept this mm-hmm. of Henry finding it because it brings Henry back into the main plot. Mm-hmm. And I'll accept August giving him the hint. 
mm-hmm. because we're setting up August as a character. I'll take yeah. that yeah. because it's well built. Yeah, I do like that. August says something about how he. Hold on, he's here to I'm change not- him. He's here to change him as mine, but not the way you know. But we have to be smarter with her because she needs proof. She's not just going to jump on faith. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. also enjoyed when he says the line, "As real as I am." Yeah. Foreshadowing. I, I liked where he was like, "She just needs, you know." She just needs, she needs more than faith. She needs more than proof. And Henry's like, well, last time I tried to find proof, I got trapped in a sinkhole. Oh, right. Yeah. How'd that go? so good. The comedy's so good in this episode. Yes. <laughs> I also enjoyed the, uh, this shot of him sitting at the bar drinking hot cocoa. It cracked me up. Talked about the cocoa like it's whiskey. He's like, you're you're not going to find the answer to your problems at the bottom of that cocoa. I loved it. I cracked up. It was good. The comedy comedy is so good in this episode. It's the drama that I find boring. Uh, And I will say that throughout the course of the show, I feel like that's more what I come back for. I come back for the characters. I come back for the comedy. And... Yes. I come back for the costuming. Oh, yes. Because the when it's good, good it is very, very good. Yes. I like the sets. I want Mary Margaret's whole aesthetic in my house. Like oh, that, that yeah. apartment. I want that my that yeah. apartment to be my house. Um, so, yeah. But I mean, so he it's reads just his like if, if and when uh, Mary Margaret and David eventually do get to get married on the show. I mean, we know there's going to be burlap and mason jars. But at the same time, it was 2011. So that was fine. still like chic. And, and also having just had a wedding, that's still a thing. It's still a thing, but just it's like granite countertops. It's like, wow, you're still doing this, huh? I, I borrowed I borrowed <laughs> some decorations from someone else. And that's the only reason I didn't have mason jars. <laughs> Your wedding was so cute. And we tried to do the same thing with ours back in December. And it started looking like a prom. Thanks, Kristen and Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I got my I, I got my wedding uh, table decorations from my friends Kristen and Jay's wedding because they're because Kristen's mom is my choreographer Kelly Dance Troop. <laughs> we decided to just like pay someone to handle all that for us because Good. we have we have money now. <laughs> I you know you know um, my wedding didn't go nearly as planned so <laughs> thanks COVID. Uh, thanks COVID. <laughs> so okay so he so he reads the book he does his research and Mary Margaret. Uh, goes and says, "Hey, we found the knife in the in the heating vent." She's like, "I don't even know where the heating vent is in this apartment I have rented for an untold number of years." I get it. Sometimes you just don't know things. It's right next to your bed. Yeah, we lived in this house for two years before I knew where the switch box was. Fair. Mine's behind the azaleas. I can't. It wasn't um, until I had to change an appliance that I was like, "Where the hell?" So I get, yeah, it's the fuse box. So that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So the, yeah, it, I, I just, I have no words for this. Like Henry, Henry is the smartest person in this whole episode. He goes and he finds the keys and Emma's stumped because she's like, there's no sign of break in. It's not like I talked to the landlord to see if anyone has a spare key to this place. I don't know how they could have gotten in. So much of this entire season, excuse me. So much of this season, not just storyline but season and show as a whole mm-hmm. happens because they are still married to doing a 23 episode season. Yes. And not a 10 or 13 episode season. Yes. That is, that is 
a major issue. And other series that do the same thing, like again, putting a quarter in the jar, shows like Buffy, shows like Charmed, they have that monster of the week format. Mm-hmm. So they can just do that episode's story. Mm-hmm. But Once Upon a Time is very married to doing the lost thing. It's long form. Of every episode advancing a larger plot. Yeah. And because of that, they oh, are tiny actually- tiny mini stories. With tiny mini stories. And because they do that inversion, they hose themselves. They are screwed over um, because they're trying to do lost again. But without the mystery. But without the mystery. <laughs> because we know what the mystery is. So, yeah. And, and that's why I'm like, I, I, we don't even have to get too detailed into this because it's just so, it's a slog. It's a slog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that David, for some reason, turns to Regina for comfort. Uh, I, that's a whole topic I have. We could have a whole topic on that. I don't know if you want to do that now or continue with Mary Margaret's I'm going to say this again. I will bleep myself because spoilers. sometimes profanity is necessary. Oh, yeah. Oh, not spoilers. Just dirty words. But I wrote, I forget that David thinks Regina is totes chill and nice because he's fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean- I- she was his wife's best friend. Yeah. But he's so stupid. Yes. He's so stupid. I'm going to turn to <laughs> the best friend of the woman I cheated on for comfort in this time. He's so stupid. So He's I I just wrote dumb David as a whole topic of of for for today's outline. Yeah, it's what just, I what I wrote is what I said is what I wrote verbatim. Yeah. Because this whole scene is because I'm like, oh, right. David and Regina know each other. And David doesn't know Regina is shady <laughs> because he's stupid. All due respect, Regina. I don't think you know much about evil. Because <laughs> you're stupid. Because you're stupid. He's so stupid. And uh, and so she's able to so easily plant the seeds of doubt in his dumb little poor brain about... Uh, what, what did he do before this show? Was he uh, a pit even... crew member on Drag Race? Was he an okay, underwear well, model? Like, I, like what him, was... I like him so much better as Prince Charming. I like David. Like I said, I'm, I blame the curse. David's curse is being dumb and not charming. David's curse is that his soft spot never healed up. And (laughs) once a day, he just pokes himself in it. David's problem is that he got concussed right before the curse hit, and he never got the proper brain treatment after his brain damage. Yeah, because something is missing here. (laughs) He's so dumb. So many things on this show have to happen. So many times, David has to be dumb for the plot to happen. Yes, it's a plot device for David to be dumb. <laughs> dumb David. David is so dumb. How dumb is he? He's so dumb that he goes to Regina. <laughs> for comfort, because his wife got killed. The one he cheated on. I don't think you know much about evil. Jesus. I know. Like, I even know. the people in the town from episode one have been like, she's the mayor. She's scary. But she dark sided. <laughs> we don't. No one runs against her. They're too scared of her. And look, I get it. He just became conscious like a month ago, so he doesn't know this about her. Boy, dumb. 
So, anywho, I'm glad that took ten minutes. <laughs> so, so, so she she plants the seeds that you know. Oh, evil doesn't always look evil. Sometimes evil is looking right at us. And he takes this information to Mary Margaret, who's in a jail cell and beside herself in like freaked outness. By the who she she brings this up whenever it looked like he was the suspect who killed his own wife. She was like, "We'll get through this. I'm here to support you." Uh, oh, I'll be your shoulder. This is yeah. this. We have it a little out of order, I think. Oh, I have lots of stuff out of order. I'm mad. <laughs> but he goes to he goes to her after he has his memory regression oh, appointment. Oh. oh, you're right. You're right. He in goes, the meantime, and we can just like breeze through it because oh, we're yeah. an hour he and fifteen to, minutes. He goes to Archie, thinking that if he can go through hypnosis, his blackouts will reveal what Mary Margaret was doing during his black, since he can't account for the time, maybe there's something in that time that will prove her innocence. So he goes, he goes in. I forgot. I honestly, honestly, I forgot what he originally, (laughs) I forgot what he originally uh, saw in the normal uh, part before he went too far back. I'm trying to find it in my notes. Um, he he remembers the phone call. He remembers the phone call. Yes. He remembers the phone call. He remembers the phone call. And Catherine said, while she was hurt, she wanted him to be happy and that she that he belonged with Mary Margaret. He wanted them to she wanted them to be happy together. She, her heart was hurt, but she was going to go ahead and do her thing. And they should and he should go be with his girlfriend. And then he gets the flashback all the way to the woods when he was tied to a tree where he's like, you can't do this. And she goes, really? Watch me. I really love how, like, personally, I have gone from. ugh. When Catherine walks on screen, to Catherine is so good. That actress was. So Ed good. can literally never do anything wrong. That actress was so good. Well, for <sighs> me, like they've they've always they never made her out to be a bad guy. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that about her writing. And yeah. whenever Mary Margaret says the best, it would be this would all be easier if she were awful. Like, yeah, they made her as nice as could be because that's the whole point. Like, she didn't deserve this. But she also deserved a partner who had an open communication. It's one of the more interesting choices this show makes. And also something that it's been a little while since we've talked about it, but that goes against some of the internal morality of the show, Mm -hmm. which leans a bit conservative and a bit old fashioned in some ways. Yeah. Like their ideas about adoptive parents and their, you know, and their ideas about, Generals and good and evil. It it is really nice to see that. Yeah, she's not a horrible person. She's trying her best, and she's not she's not a bad wife she's or whatever. Caring she, and loving. Yeah, she genuinely tries, mm-hmm. and he just sucks. Yeah, because he, like he won't I, communicate I, with her. If they had had a talk at the beginning of their relationship about how it still wasn't kicking in, and he had not slept with her, and he was not forcing himself to try to make it work. Like <laughs> like for me at this point, if I were Catherine, um, and this, this is probably more me as the person I am and some things that we won't get into on the show, but I would, I would take Mary Margaret out to a nice brunch. I'd sit down with her and go, girl, he's all yours. But listen, <laughs> he is stupid. He's so dumb. Good luck. But listen, Boy, he dumb. is genetically incapable of expressing what he feels <laughs> at any given time. And he is dumb as a board. Yeah. 
Dumb as, a board, fun, dumb as a board in a plastic bag. And no one has sex on this show, so we can't say that it's because... Oh, no, no, no. Because Except he, Regina. No, he and Catherine had sex, remember? Because she had a pregnancy test. Oh, right, right, right. It's all just like ABC off screen. Yeah. After the fact reference that it happened. Yeah. Because they said that they said that Mary Margaret and he were having an affair in the woods. And I'm like, were they banging in the woods? I don't, know, I don't even think they were banging. Like, I don't um, think Mary Margaret would. I, I think that they were like doing some heavy petting. I think they may have been doing some petting. I think that Mary Margaret needs to be in a, a committed long-term relationship to do that. I get her. I get her. Yeah. I understand her. Yeah. Um, not the whole cheating part. Like that would have, that would have just thrown like, I'd have been like, Oh no, I'd have been real awkward with him in public, but he married. Valid, you know, yeah. a fair choice. That's um, where we differ. Like I understand a lot of her motivation, but her writers took it further than, than this, yeah. than this Snow White would have in real life. Yeah. So, so yeah. And so he wakes up from that and he runs out of the office and won't tell Archie what he saw. And he runs straight to the jail to confront Mary Margaret, basically like, did you do it, though? You did it, though, right? And I mean, on one hand, it's a fair question, but at the same time, come on. Come on. And he was like, he tells her about the memory. And he's like, can you explain why I have that memory? And then he, re- he like counts off on his fingers. He's like, they found this, that it's yours. They found the murder weapon at your house. I mean, all this evidence is against you. So you you did it, right? And she's like, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? I supported you. I never doubted you when it looked obvious that you did this. And now you, you can't trust me the same way. Uh, like that right. you, you actually think I am capable of that kind of evil. Get out. It is an intense level of evil. Mm-hmm. The, the, it is, it is a big difference between the evil. She may have committed as snow white, which was to kill the 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 evil queen yeah who ruined yeah. her life yeah and um and the woman who was like no it's cool you and your girlfriend be together i'm going to move to boston oh i'm going to murder her i'm going to not just murder her but cut out her heart with a knife and bury it separately from her body question why would it make sense that the hunting knife was hidden in Mary Margaret's apartment and not thrown in the damn river. Um, Running right next to the murders, to, to the burial site. Because the writers didn't think of it. Because and Reg- because Regina, Regina isn't needed as to plant smart that as she evidence. thinks she is. Yeah, Regina's, Regina's dumb too. Regina is not as smart as she thinks she is. No, it's not that. She is smart, but she doesn't think any other characters are as smart as she is. Especially Emma. Like, she is smart, but she's underestimating her opponents. Because it's so easy. Also, this is where I get into my listen to a lot of true crime. But you didn't test the knife? For fingerprints? For any kind of blood residue? I mean, I don't remember. I remember she says that she found the knife. I don't remember she says that if there's any DNA evidence. I don't remember that. You found a hunting knife. I know. But it was was precarious. It was, um, it was, oh, no, conspicuously hidden still though yeah you need to link that knife to the crime scene yeah so you can't be like she was killed and the knife the the heart was cut out with a hunting knife which how we know it was specifically a hunting knife when the heart was cut out yeah yeah oh it looks like a hunting knife right that they leave telltale marks uh so so mary margaret's body 
Yeah. Mary Margaret's <laughs> I'm she's sorry. making her bed in her jail cell because if she's going to be stuck there, she might as well be a person about it, right? Right. And a skeleton key falls out of her bed. When she tested it, it unlocks her cell. And right as she notices that, Emma walks in, so she closes her cell back up and says, here's your breakfast. Oh, hey, we found DNA. We got the DNA results back. It's totally Catherine's heart. Uh, so she's dead. Sorry, mm-hmm. now we have to move the case forward. Um, but I still believe you, and I totally think that you're being framed by Regina. She's like, oh, what proof do you have? Well, really? I just know it. I just know it. I can't confront her, but she doesn't know she's a suspect. So we're going to work on freeing you. I have faith in you, and now you need to have faith in me. Can you do that? Which is exactly what she just asked from David. It's exactly what Mary Margaret just asked from David. Mm-hmm. Mary Margaret can't give her the same thing she just asked for from David. Yep. And that's that felt so out of character for me. Like this whole choice of her to actually like use a skeleton key to get out felt wrong. Felt wrong. Felt it out of character. Felt, felt like a bad choice. It felt wrong. It felt forced. And I love that, that M uses this time to go to Mr. Gold and be like, okay, whatever you have to do, free my friend. I think Regina I think Regina did is behind it. Uh, Gold's like, do you have proof? But she doesn't have any. She has the skeleton keys, but she didn't get them legally. She got them from right from Henry. Um, and working with Mr. Gold is the only time she ever won anything against Regina, and that was the sheriff's position. And how how far will you go? Farther than it takes. And uh, that's when Gold's like, oh, you're more powerful than you knew. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then and that's when Mary Margaret breaks out of jail. And yes. just, I, it, uh, but also the skeleton key is also evidence against Mary Margaret. Yeah. In a way, because now that she has it, oh, she's tied to those keys that are in Regina's office too. And I'm just mad. Is yeah, what no, I'm it's, saying. It, it was, it was out of character. It was a bad choice. It's, 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 it's why I said, I, I feel like this is an episode that opened well and ended poorly. Yes. This, Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed how it started. I really enjoyed the opening. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as soon as they were done with the storyline in the past, which was had its issues, but was still fun. Yeah. It's like they ran out of steam partway through writing this episode. And it's a problem. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And I don't know if there were some cutting room floor scenes that would have made this make more sense. Um, And it's not that none of it makes sense. It's just that it's so stupid. Yep. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. It's just against character and dumb in a lot of places. The comedy is golden in this episode. The comedy saves this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the costumes are great. The actors are phenomenal. But the, the they need to watch their own show. Yep. They just need to watch their own show. Emma needs to watch her own life. She has the alibi in her own head. She yes. was there. <laughs> so, I mean, we didn't talk much about how Mr. Gold popped up and he became her uh, Mary Margaret's lawyer and Look, said he's invested in her future. He, he got that assault charge completely thrown out. He almost murdered a guy with his cane and he got the judge to drop it. Like, that man's scary. I think there's a lot more to talk about with that one, but it's it's the the meat of it is in the next episode, so we can talk about it then. Oh, okay. I haven't um, watched the next episode yet. I can't. I can't. 
Yes. I can't get ahead of myself. Um, but I think we need to wind this episode down now. So Let's, I'm going to We've got, so we've reached the end. Un-edit. We've reached the end. Uh, I don't even, I don't even know how to rate this one. Uh, so for me, it's a three out of five, uh, three out of five, um, shabby chic jewelry boxes. It's, it's not the worst episode. It is a mediocre episode. So I would, I would agree with the three because it's not the worst episode. It's just meh. The just good Luther. It's meh. The good opening and the comedy, the comedy saves, saves it. it from being a two. The comedy saves I mean, it. The transition scenes, like some of their transition scenes between future and past, those are so clever and so well done. Uh, so yeah, the comedy saves it. And some of the um, the framing and staging saves it. So yes. I'll I'll give it a three um, conspicuous hunting knives out of five. Fair. Um, so best dress for this episode, mm. I don't have one. I'm going to say uh, Snow White right before she tries to kill that bird. Snow White right before she decides to kill that bird, tries to kill that bird, except for I, I, I you hate like the red, the red hair band. Yeah, I like it just doesn't work with the outfit. It That's doesn't fair. work for the outfit for That's me. Fair. Yeah. She's, for me. She's she's best dressed, like out of everything that we've got so far. Um, yes. Out, out of all the outfits, they were all like, I don't, none of them really stand out except that one. So I really like how they did her hair. Like all of her styling was good for that, including the red headband, my opinion. Yes. That's cool. Uh, I, I like a scarf headband. <laughs> right. So I will say to our listeners, uh, even though this wasn't our favorite episode, we had a lot to talk about. So you may notice this episode was a bit longer. We also wanted to make sure we gave you all a little more content since this episode is a week late. We apologize Ooh. for that. I had a catastrophic hard drive failure. Yeah. And spent the week trying to port over to a new hard drive, which wouldn't work. And that was an adventure, but uh, we're back up and running and uh, I have another, a third new hard drive where all episodes can be backed up in posterity, which is going to be very nice for me for my editing. Uh, But yes. And less important, I was having a rough, like it was was computer problems for most people I knew last week. Uh, I I was having problems with a, a popular online cloud service. Uh, in which I realized entirely too late that everything that was being saved to the cloud was being cross-saved to my hard drive on my work computer. And so I couldn't get work done because there was no more space on my work computer. And I was having to slowly figure out what to delete on the cloud. Yep. I couldn't, I couldn't even save a report to a separate server because there was no space on my local drive. And uh, there is a setting to turn that off, but it is not default. That is annoying. It was very annoying. Popular internet cloud service, uh, desktop app. So, now, so I I've, will say, yeah. I, sorry. No. Yeah. No. Fair. Um, I will also say, since we're at the end of the episode, I want to let our, our our listeners know that as we approach the end of season one, uh, I feel very safe saying. We're going to pick up a season two. We're having a blast with this. Yes. Um, we're absolutely there will be a continuing the show. There will be a season two. Uh, it I just checked. gets more ranty from here. So it why would we stop? Gets, why would we stop now? Um, however, uh, we will take a short intermission between the seasons where we will have some episodes about similar things. Some sort of bonus content uh, where we will talk about some movies 
And I will be posting a poll on Twitter later this week. Uh, well, after this episode drops, which is Friday for me, for you all to help us pick out what we're going to be doing in between the seasons, uh, what we're going to be reviewing. So stay posted for that because it's going to be a lot of fun. We want to make sure we're doing something that uh, you all like. And I also have to figure out what all is going on that poll other than Enchanted and Shrek. Oh, nice. I do also, I want to promote something. Uh, Assuming that this podcast is going up on May 7th, Yes, it is. Uh, this is very important. If you enjoy our chemistry on the podcast, we've talked about improvising before. This is a Your Pretty Friend production. Your Pretty Friend is our improv duo. And our improv duo is part of a duo's improv showcase hosted by Silverbacks Improv Theater called Super Collider. Super Collider will start Friday, May 7th, which is probably today, uh, at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, on the Silverbacks Improv Theater Facebook page, and that's theater with an R-E. So if you like listening to us and you want to see how we perform, come check us out. We're in that show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we are also going to be performing online for the virtual Baton Rouge Improv Festival on May 13th. That's the Baton Rouge Improv Festival, and that'll be with Silverbacks Improv Theater. And we'll have links to both of those in the show description, so you can check them out. Yeah, watch us improvise. This is A lot of this is improvised, too. Uh, so if you enjoy this, we also do this with other people. <laughs> yes. All right, so I think that is more than all the time we have, and that is our show. Um, so be sure to tune in next week where we will be discussing a doozy of an episode. Oh, so, um, we're, so we're going to jump. We're just going to go ahead and get back on schedule. Yes. And hold us to it. Yes. Uh, okay. Send me nasty grams. Uh, to be fair, <laughs> if you're wondering, I do all the editing for the show. You can send me hate mail at thirsty for naps. Don't, 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 don't send them hate mail. They're a lovely person. <laughs> this past week was unprecedented rough. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. So, um, this has been Story Broke. Miserably ever after. <laughs> <laughs>